Animals of all varieties. It is the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Lisa Geyer. Hello, Mr. Nick David. Lisa Geyer and my dear friend and killer musician, Peter Prince. Yay! Oh, thank you. Have, have me, Nick. The moon boot lover himself. The moon boot lover. <laughs> boot to the head. Boot to the head. So I, uh, I'm, I, we'll st- I'll start off with um, the first time that I saw you, because I know the exact moment. Um it was, so I used to, there was a place called Thumbs, which is now Panucci's in Concord. It used to be called Thumbs, oh, yeah, Thursday's yeah, yeah. Underground Music Stage, because right. there was a restaurant upstairs called right. Thursday's, and downstairs was Thumbs. Oh, that was great. And I hosted a blues jam there for a short period of time. It was, it was one that had gone on for several years, a guy named Mikey G. And then he left it, and then I took it over, and I did, was doing alternating weeks with another guy, drummer named Rick King. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do it long. We maybe held on to it for like six months. And they were like, yeah, it's not working out. I would do it one week. Rick would do it the next week. We would alternate back and forth. It's not working out. And so it was the very first night that we weren't doing it. And I was talking to somebody on the phone. I think it was my Uncle Paul. And he knew about you guys. You guys were there the first night that I stopped doing it. So it was like it had to have been a last-minute booking for you guys. It was like somebody called you and went, hey, are you free this Wednesday? And Hmm. Yeah. It was that quick. Do you remember and, it? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't remember it. It was a Wednesday night in a you know tiny Concord, tan. New Hampshire. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny that you're saying this because I was on the way over here trying to think when we actually met. I know we've well, known you each wouldn't other for remember years. me. You wouldn't remember me from that night at all. Um, but it was a huge impact on me. So I, I when I, I was walking, as soon as I opened the door and I was walking down the stairs, I was like fucking right on <laughs> this is right on um it was i really kind of associated with so in the like early 90s um early to mid 90s there was kind of like the, there was this you know they had like the the black rock coalition and it was like living color and king's x and bad brains and um 24 7 spies and i was really into that hard rock with a soulful singer and so when I came downstairs, I was fucking floored. Um, really. I bought everything that night. I don't know if you know, but he had a whole display of all the shit he had for sale. It was a display. And it was a t-shirt and a hat and two CDs and a fucking sticker. And I bought everything that you had that night. And I was a 20, I was like a 20, 21 year old kid. I didn't have any money, but I spent all my money that night on everything that you had. Wow. And I've, I'm on my third copy of, uh, of, of outer space action. At this point in my life, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. But anyways, that's the that's the quick story. Yeah, um, I, I was just blown away by you, and then I followed you, fucking everywhere. I used to follow you guys all over the place, down in Massachusetts, Maine, Vermont, yeah. New York. I followed you guys all over the place. That's great. Uh, and then we became friends. That's how we became friends, as right. you 
start seeing you, me at your shows. You were and, stalking him. Yeah, I totally was. <laughs> and that's what how you, you became friends. What do you remember? Uh, it was a while back, but I was in Manchester, and I had to do a U-turn. I had gone down the wrong way, and I and I tried to make a U-turn right on the main street there, and my tire just came off. Oh, shit. And I caught you were the only one. I was like, who do I know in Manchester? I was like, Nick. And you hooked hooked it up and brought us uh, over to your mechanic. And I stayed in. I was over at your house. Do you remember that? No. That's so great. Holy shit. I was living in Concord at the time. Oh, Concord. That's right. It was a Concord. Oh, shit. And I I just hung out at your place while... uh, your mechanic went to work on it. It was like the, the strut or something just busted. Oh, and you were in yeah. town and to do it again? literally came off. It was like on an angle. It was horizontal. And oh, I was no. in, on Main Street there. Wow. Uh, oh, it was a mess. But Nick Were you totally there to do a gig? The, was that like, like a gig I think night? I was just kind of oh. in passing. Yep. I um, well, I lived in Portsmouth, you know, lived in... Um, Mass, so it was kind of like a lot of back and forth for for a while. Yep. It's we've known each other for twenty twenty years, dude. You realize that? Yeah. Wow. It's been twenty twenty two years somewhere in that neighborhood. Oh, singing the blues, crazy, right? (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So when I left there, I was just high as a kite, man. I I was so uh, I was so, I mean, like. Physically high. I wasn't. I wasn't high on drugs. I was just high as a kite, like totally excited. Well, you know, totally I stoked I, by. There was a while though. I mean, because we did meet, and then there was a while there that I didn't really know that what you were up to. And then talk about being floored. Then Nick starts playing me some of the stuff he's doing, right. and I hear his vocals and his heart playing. I, yeah, I mean, I, I've been a fan ever since. So how long ago is this? When you're talking thumbs, what, what year are we talking here? So it was 20 years ago. So that 90, was 20 years ago. 96, wow. 97, So what record is that somewhere? for you, Nick? Which record would that have been for oh, you? Oh, it was a long time. We knew each other a like long time before that, I ever kind of... Put a record out. These were yeah. like demo type things, yeah. as I recall. Yeah, yeah. I had like a couple of little little things that I did maybe, you know, maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. It was. We knew each other for a long time before you really knew that I was a musician. Right. Um and then he would start it, you know, he knew I was a harp player and he started inviting me to come sit in with them. Cool. I did New Year's Eve with him a couple of years in a row. Uh, one time we opened up, uh, well, I say we opened up, you opened up for Bernie Worrell and the Woo Warriors and then asked me if I would play with you. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course I will come play with you. Yeah. Um, well, that, that New the Year's Stone show, Church. there was all those, uh, gorilla, uh, yeah. like gorilla outfits. So Everybody had a gorilla Nick outfit and on. And a couple of the other guys who were also fellow musicians. They all, oh, I know what it was. We were doing the whole the uh, two thousand and two thousand and one Space, Space Odyssey. Odyssey. That's right. Okay, yeah. they, that's right. We brought out the theme music, and these guys come out in their ape, you know, pounding so that, their chest. So that was it. It was two thousand and one. Then, yeah, wow. that, that was the. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a screen. The, the gag was this: we had a screen like a sheet. Up on the stage, and behind the, the the sheet, we were pretending that we were birthing 2001. Oh shit! That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Ah, <laughs> uh, like uh, you know, kind of, this girl had her legs up, you know. And then we had the 
the baby, you know. Oh, that's great. Holding up in the air. Yeah, it was fun. Big theater. That was the Big Stone theater. Church. That was the Stone Church. Oh, yeah. man, when I yeah. so when I met you, it was jo- it was you, John Haas, and Alan Evans. That was the band. Uh, there was uh, there was no there was no. Oh really? There was no uh, no before organ. Before Neil. So it was right. It was before Neil. So we're so it was talking. the three of you. So it was ninety five. 95. And then it was shortly after that, then Neil came on. Right. It was within a year or two. After he graduated high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which wow. is so, so I don't know if you know Neil and Alan Evans, they're in the band Soul Live. I don't know them. Which is, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty big deal well, these I met, days. I met them when I went to Buffalo State College and I was, uh, a freshman, in, a freshman there and Alan I believe was a freshman in high school and we started playing and then we knew I knew of Alan's brother Neil but Neil was I don't know how old he was at that time but he must have been 13 or something how did you know these kids well I met him through a mutual guy in the jazz band at Buffalo State I started playing in the jazz band there and the sax player who was like first seat in there. They were bringing over from City Honors High School. The guy was so good. Uh, Josh Levitt. And um, Josh was going to school with Alan. But, yeah, so we started, you know, we got together. We started playing around town. But then it was like, I think, yeah, Neil must have been like 13. He started coming out and joining us in the clubs. But at the time, it was like, couldn't you know have a thirteen year old in some of the some of the bars? So his right. folks would right. Ha- Your parents come have to come. I had right. that, I yeah. had that too. My folks had to come. <laughs> Willie Evans, who mm-hmm. played with the uh, with the Buffalo Bills, he's oh, got, shit. got his own <laughs> his own card, his own. Uh, he was like a running back or or receiver. You know, he, no, no yeah. shit. I didn't know that. <laughs> and he would be sitting at the back of the room. Uh, it's yeah. hilarious. And when you, so when you guys started playing together, was that, was he in the groove? Yeah, I mean, he started kind of sitting in. We had, a, that was a, uh, that was a revolving door of, of band members back then. Um, really, the first time that we ever did the, the trio with Neil doing the bass in, uh, on the keyboards was a night that the bass player that we had been working with just up and canceled. And that was kind of like the end of that. But we had a gig that night. He kind of canceled last minute. And we knew Neil knew all the stuff. He had been fooling around with it. So yeah. that was actually the first time out of necessity. We were like, Neil, can you cover the bass? And he was like, sure. You know, and that was just oh, that. Now he, that's what he does with, with Soul Live. He plays all the bass in his left hand. He's, a, he's, yeah, he's, they're, they're both really, monster. really monsters, yeah. super monsters. Uh, I was I was sad to see them leave Moonboot, but yeah, it's, it's a, I'm happy for them, you know. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I'm happy that they're they're yeah. out there and doing it. They're really, you know, they I mean they they recorded globe, with a ton. Trotting. Yeah, I mean they're uh, they're they're they had that one record. There was a, just a ton of different people on it. Corey Glover was on it. Yeah, and, they they brought in a um, lot. Uh, Schofield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was cool like people thing. that we also that we'd been meeting on the road. So when that availed itself, it was like, oh well, have O'Teal and you know, oh yeah, yeah, players come in. So yeah. yeah. So it was so it was not it was not so it was ninety five then. So it was twenty. 
one years ago. It must have been 95 yeah. if it was with just John and Alan. Yeah. Because there was that. T- well, our, our the original Moonboot bass player uh, on on Outer Space Action is Owen Yost. And he's, oh, he's right. a New York, New York bass player. Uh, he won't ever leave the city. That's his, you know, he's like, well, in a New York state of mind. Right. Uh, although he lives in Hoboken, you know, <laughs> that's a solid deal, but uh, he, you know, you can't, you would never take him out of New York. But, um, he did the record with us. He did Outer Space Action. Yeah. Which we, we did, uh, recorded in Soho, a little, Loho Studios in Soho. <clears throat> and what year was that? 93. Wow. And then we, so we lived a year in Brooklyn and I was working a day job up, uh, in, uh, the east side uh, on Broadway at Bruno's Ravioli, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was funny because it was like I worked there and then I, Every day, we'd take a box, Get you know, food. fresh ravioli, you know, uh, and, and a jar of sauce, you know. <laughs> and Alan and I were living in um, Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's like you know, hour in, hour out. Yeah, I think when I met you, you were you were you were living in New York. I think. Yep. For that. You're up, you're well, upstate, you're but in the then, we, then we moved upstate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could, we only made it for a year in the city, and yep. then it was like. Because I mean, we were just on top of each other. We um, we got up to the Woodstock area, and then we, of course, we got a lot more house for our money. Right. Yeah. And then that made se- then Alan was like, "Well, Neil is, uh, you know, graduating high school. He's like, come and move in, you know." So it was like it only made sense to kind of. It was a family thing. You know, I think it must have been it, it must have been a one-off thing because I know you didn't have a keyword play that night, but I know I bought both CDs that night. I bought Live Down Deep, well, yeah, and, and Outer Space that. Action. Right. So Neil's on that, right? So, oh, maybe it must have just been a one-off thing. Like Neil couldn't make it to right. huh. Thumbs in Concord, New Hampshire that yeah. day, or didn't want to. It was it's, it was a shitload in. Uh, you've been you remember oh, you remember yeah. Thumbs That's for a loading a B three down yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. He was probably out in the van. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he never came in. Right. It's like, I'm not loading. I'm not loading down over. those stairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do I do a, a lot of gigs with Ken Clark. Who's a, do you know Ken? His name's familiar. Right? Oh, Ken's um, great. Um, actually, you know, I think I mentioned him. I mentioned you to him one time. I think he said he might have done a gig with you before. Um Ken holds He's a that, monster. He holds that V3 everywhere. 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 We do, we do gigs and he, he goes, he'll take it anywhere. Right. It's unbelievable. We go to a ski resort a and dolly. it's four, yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out. We'll get, yeah. you know, he's, he, 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 he knows how to do it without breaking his back because he's, right. He's getting up there like we're all are. We don't almost want to, one of us want to break yeah. our backs anymore. You I was just telling you earlier, system. like, right. yeah, like my whole deal now is I bring a, an amp that weighs 10 pounds. Right. You know, <laughs> little, little I five know. watt, 15, I, 15 inch or 12 inch speaker. That's, that's it. One, one, right. one little thing and my, my harps right. and I'm good to go. That's right. That's all you need. I know. Yep. I, I still struggle with that because sometimes I really just like, Having the the stack yeah. behind me, but it's yeah, you're right. Like, the majority of it have though. to kind of weigh out the gig. It's like, mm-hmm. hmm, do I want to be laid up for a day or so? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it totally depends on the venue. You know, if it's yeah. anything that's any bigger shows, I'll bring out, I'll bring the super or the, or the basement out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I do harp shows, like I've been doing a lot of, um, harp shows with me and like a showcase. Yeah. 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 My, my band will be the house band and then we'll have three or four other harmonica players. And if I do that, I'll bring out the basement because everybody, everybody likes basement. Mm-hmm. So all harp players are like, yeah, I'll play through that. Uh, but, at most guitar players as well. They're, yeah. yeah. They're, I love, love me a basement. Not everybody. Some people look at the super and they're like, hmm. Mm. Especially old school guys are like, you know, even though Too that's a, amp. that's a, yeah. I mean, that thing will tear your head off. I, I put that thing on two and a half, three, and it keeps up with anything that's on the stage. When I, uh, did a, few runs with Derek Trucks. He he used one of those and it was basically everything was on ten. Jesus. Just that's how he got that tone. Oh, but he's using yeah. his fingers instead of a pick and he had a lot more control, you know, and using his volume. But yeah, I mean he was just cranking those things. But that's where that's where that sweet tone. Yeah. He's one of those dudes that is unmistakable. Oh my god. You start hearing you play and you go, one That's Derek oh, that's yeah. Derek I know one note, yeah, I know yeah, who it is. I know. Yeah. He's amazing. He's one of those amazing. guys like BB that you right. you just yeah. hear it and you one go, note. That's yeah. that's BB. Yeah. You can't you know that's BB or that's somebody who's trying to be BB but right. right. And it's been over the last few years that I've I've recognized that as well. It's like when he was really younger, you know, it's like a lot we would mention Mike Welch and so you know you hear some of these guys and they're all great players, but now, yeah, it's yeah. unmistakable when you hear them. Oh my God! Well, right they've got now, their thing. they've got their they've got their yeah. sound, their brand. They've yeah. worked it all out. Yeah. Right, yeah. right now, as it as it stands, Mike Welch is one of the top ten best blues guitar oh, players so living. Great. I mean, that dude is Amazing. a fucking yeah. monster. Just hence the yeah, name. literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't do that on purpose. It's just the first word that yeah, came into my did. brain. Yeah, sure you did. Sure you did. So how'd you get started? What was it for you what, musically? Did you come from a musical family or no? No music in the family. But I lived across the street from a guy that was like a year ahead of me in school, mm-hmm. and. He would, you know, open his windows up and let it rip. And, and, you know, and he, and he had shops. And I remember it, it wouldn't be just me. There was other kids in the neighborhood. We would be, you know, checking them out and just there was something about it. And then, of course, I start, I picked up guitar and, um, start going over there and kind of picking his brain. And then it was just, you know, of course, well, then I started taking lessons. Right. From that a, was the pinnacle thing. That was it. across the street with hearing the window him, open. That's right. right. Hearing his guitar out in the... I just had a flashback. Now I remember the night that that you hung out there with the car because you were, we were, you were showing me shit on the guitar. You were showing me some warm-up stuff, some with the broken scales. Down guitar? Yeah, yeah. You're sitting in my living room and you were showing me some... Yep. You're like I do this every night before I before I play and I don't re- I can't remember what yeah, the yeah. what the warm up was but no, something yeah it was just a little just a little scale that you would flashback but it was that but that was the night it was the night that your That's car it. broke down we were hanging out at my house yep. just got it huh just got it just got it sometimes <laughs> ding, ding, ding. sometimes that shit is just woo it's in filing cabinets yeah. that caught on fire a long time well, ago was, and uh, remnants. No, he was so good he was so good about it because it was just like I that was a moment of like 
oh shit, what I'm screwed right now. And you were the only one I knew in the area, you know, and it was like, boom, boom. Nick just Great. made a couple of phone calls and come over to the house, chilled, and then the car was fixed. You know, I never forgot it, man. Nick thank, David saved your you, ass brother. service. Yeah, of course, thank my you. man. I'll of course. Forget. I'm so happy that I was able to do it. It was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see here. So, that, so that's how you got started. The, the dude that was across the street from Wait, did you. Did you play in a band yeah, with just, him? Or? Just a, no. It just no, didn't go there. He didn't play in a band either. Nope. He was just kind of like. He was your catalyst. Yeah, yeah. The catalyst. And of course we were like, that was like, oh, you get a little pint of like blackberry brandy. And you know, we were, so we were kind of in yeah. that type of yeah. experimental phase. Plus. And how old were you? 16. 16. Yeah. 15. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I, I was like, said to my mother, I want to, I want to take lessons, you know. So took lessons for a couple of years at a place called Only Guitar Shop in Clifton Park, New York, and got really hooked up with a great teacher, Bruce Gerino. And um, he just, he was a really great teacher, great player, but even greater teacher, right. you know. And that got the the ball rolling where I was then practicing every day the bug you know it was like after dinner go straight upstairs and and i would shed for a couple hours Hmm. it was like my my father's like if you spent a fraction of the time you did on your homework you know (laughs) type of spiel but couldn't help it that was that was it it's what happens the bug bites you right Right. you're in got bitten uh i bought my first electric at only guitar shop which was a cream colored uh SG with the black pick. Right. It was like that was Tony, your first guitar. Tony, I well, my first guitar was a uh, a Yamaha classical. Mm-hmm. You know, the big tree trunk right. neck, and that's where I learned the nylon chords strings? and everything. The gold nylon, nylon strings, strings the whole thing <laughs> with the action way off the fretboard. You know, so I was like, I'm struggling. You know, to so trying to get. So when you got together. the SG, you were like, got, Holy shit, this uh, is butter. Right. It was butter, <laughs> and uh, it was just like the Tony Iommi. From Black Sabbath, uh, mm-hmm. his his cream colored SG, mm-hmm. and I was like, I saw that, so I was like, saving money for months to get that one again. You bought your first. Wow, that's great. Bought that and the SG, but I'll tell you, this is my. You know, every guitar player has the 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 one that got away story. <laughs> there was uh, the great uh, guitar shop down in Albany. I was I grew up in Saratoga Springs, New York. Albany was like you know a little over half an hour. South, and um, there was a this great place, uh, Lark Street Music, which is is now just online. But okay, it's if you want, if you're into guitar porn, <laughs> this, is, this is the place. I'm into La- amp porn. Lar- well, they, they have, have amps they have too, amps, amp bases, yeah, yeah. anything that's, that's cool. like vintage. And a uh, uh, guy Buzzy there has been in you know, run of the place for years. But now LarkStreetMusic.com. You go there, and it's like they're constantly posting new things that are coming in. Well, anyways. Oh, cool. So I have the SG, and then uh, a friend of mine's father played guitar, and he had this um, Fiesta Red Stratocaster, like from the early 60s, you know, type right. of thing. And we were all just, you know, drooling over this thing. So I called up Lark Street, not knowing that... 
the guitar was Fiesta Red. To me, I thought it was Candy Apple Red. You know, so I call up and say, I'm looking for a Candy Apple Red Stratocaster. If something comes in, you know, let me know. So about a week later, Buzzy calls. He says, I got a line on one coming in from Nashville. And it's a 1960. So this is pre-CBS for all the guitar geeks out there. Um, pre-CBS Strat for $1,200, you know. And back, well, this was before all the Strats were being bought up. Right. Like the the Japanese market. They were buying up all this, you know, the old Strats. So I I said, okay, sold, you know. And then it finally comes in. I go down and I walk in and there it's hanging on the wall. He's like, there it is on the wall. And I almost like look right past it because I'm looking for Fiesta Red, you know. Candy Apple Red is a darker right. metallic finish underneath with this kind yeah, of yeah. dark red. I was like, oh, you know, it was like it threw me. But I was like, wow, there it is. Gorgeous, you know, took it home. Flash a few years later, and I go to Buffalo State. I'm uh, like a freshman or whatever, sophomore, and I've got the guitar, this 1960 Strat, sitting under my dorm room bed, you know. And uh, there's a guitar shop. I hate where this is going. There's a guitar shop. Getting nervous. My stomach and my heart right right now are little I'm sweating just thinking about it. (laughs) Well. There's a guitar shop in, in town there that I was frequenting, uh, and. You didn't. Well, I happened to mention I had it, and they were all like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, like, half believing me, I think. So, and he knew I was, I was like studying jazz then, I was taking from a jazz instructor and stuff. He knew, I was always coming in looking at some of the hollow bodies and everything. So, I said, well, I'll bring it in sometime. I bring in the strat, and they're all like, Oh, you weren't kidding, (laughs) you know, that type of thing. And immediately he starts throwing me, he's like, well, hey, there's an ES-175 on the wall, and (laughs) and how about I, and I'll give you $700 with that, you know, on top. And and uh, it was like, whoa, 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 we're moving way too fast, you know, like I, I wasn't necessarily prepared to get rid of it. Yeah. But then, so... I call, I, I take it back. I said, let me think about it. I, I bring it home and I call Groon Guitars, you know, Groon Guitars in Nashville. No. Huge. Okay. It's like huge place, guitar place. And, uh, I think it's in Nashville. Over the phone, I explained to them what I have. And he, right there, he's like, well, from what you've told me and everything, I would estimate that I would give you like $3,000 for that. You know, so I, okay, I said, now I have a little more bearing of right, what we're right. talking about. It's here. not like today when you can just pick up your phone and, yeah, look right. and see what the value of something is right. immediately. And then you can just see how things escalate so much right. with like this buying and selling of things because well, what this must have, this was 19, 19, 90, mm-hmm. I'm thinking 1990. So I go in there and um, I tell him, groom and everything. He's like, okay, well, I gotta admit, when you brought the guitar in and I took it upstairs because I want to get a closer look at, he, unbeknownst to me, took the neck right off the guitar to check the date and was standing in front. Of, he says I was standing in front of a mirror holding it up like, ah, yeah, type of moment. So he says I'll give you thirty two hundred dollars, 
And of course, college student, uh, <laughs> broke college student. I said, okay, so, oh so, oh I do think, uh, do you, you know, know? $3,200, probably worth like, 30, I made some money. Probably like 30 grand. Okay. I was just going to ask you, what's it worth now? At least 30 at least grand. 30. <sighs> As it turns out, um, those uh, Fender only made made custom finishes, you know, seafoam green, right. these type of things. Candy Apple Red was one of those custom finishes, so it came out of their custom shop back then. And it I didn't was, know they had a custom shop yeah. in nineteen. Oh yeah, and hmm. and it was Leo Fender's favorite finish. Oh wow! Yeah, so you go online Jesus. now and you try to find a pre CBS Candy Apple Red Strat. They're at least thirty grand. Oh my god! Oh, god. So. I go to Lark Street now, and it's kind of this bittersweet thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, see, I'll see you, you know, and I, uh, Buzzy, you know, I bought one of those, you know, he's like, yeah, we should still yeah, have dude. that one. <laughs> but I guess we all have to have those moments, because now I'm, now I'm a hoarder when I have a good guitar. Yeah. I it's very hard for me. But looking back on it in that moment, you didn't get screwed. You get you made no. some good money. You got out. Did you get the hollow body guitar? Is no, the, no. It something? was then the thirty two. You gave you the cash flat. and then you did with it what you wanted, right? Right. At least you no, got the money. No, and I didn't lose out. No, you're absolutely right. Wasn't it's like just one you. of those things. Later, you're like, boy, when the kids are getting right, you know, are getting ready to go to college, or you know, all this stuff. Like, oh man. I I have a story that's kind of like that, except I did get fucked. Mm. And I, ha- I, uh, so I was in choir in junior high, high school, and up above the choir room, I was up there one day for whatever reason, I was trying to find something up there, and there was this, there was this drum set in the corner. I went over and checked it out, and it's like a 60s pearl blue Ludwigs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went to the principal, who I was friendly with, and I said, hey, uh, there's this drum set up there. It's not, it's just dusty. It's in the corner. It's not doing anything. It's not it's just sitting there. It's been there for years and it's covered in dust and nobody's using it. And my principal said, take it. I was going, I wanted to buy it. I was thinking, you know, I thought it, I didn't, you know, I didn't re, I, I wasn't hip at all to p- the worth of vintage stuff at all. I just thought it was a crummy old drum set that, mm-hmm. you know, I was just going to set it up in my garage and just bang right. on it, which is what I did for, for a while. I did for a while, and then uh, I had it for maybe a year, and then I joined, or maybe, no, maybe it's longer than that, maybe a couple of years, and then I joined this band, and nobody had any gear, and I needed a microphone. Oh, Lord. I didn't have, I didn't have a microphone, so I brought, I, I brought it down there, I brought this. Where'd you bring it? Do you remember? It was this shithole place in Roseburg, Oregon, I can't remember the name of the washed it from your brain i can't remember the name of it it was it was the only music store in town at the time i think there's i think there's a few more now um but i could i could look it up and find where it is but i don't remember the name of the place but i brought i think i told this story before on this podcast yeah, I think you did too but i brought it in i brought it in there and Good the one. dude the dude just talked up this this PV <laughs> microphone. The, yeah, this PVM. Oh, no, he's, like, he's like it's the PVM, dude. He's like he's like this has the neodymium element in it. <laughs> I was like fucking neodymium. That sounds amazing. Sounds killer. He's like this is the top of the line. Lithium, I was like, uh, and how yeah. much was it? Two. I don't even know. He just goes give me the drums for it. Seemed bucks. like a fair trade. Though. It was probably less than a hundred bucks. <laughs> you, did you dude. give money on top of it? Nope. 
You straight, left that drum kit. Straight, straight trade, trade for a shit. I still have it. I think it's over there. Let's smash it. Go- that's it right there. Will you hand me Let's that? Let's smash that thing. That microphone right there. I'm talking I'm into show it right now. What it is? <laughs> I've saved it forever. Talking to it because it oh. doesn't work anymore. But this is the this is the unit right here. There's your Ludwig uh, kit. M- 380N. There's your Ludwig right kit there right there. Right there in the middle of the table. Oh, that is a that is a 1960s era pearl blue Ludwig. That's probably like a cl- criminal. Set of club dates or something. Yeah. I went in the next week and it's 1500 bucks for the drum kit. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this, dude? Right. I didn't even care right in your that face. Fucking shitty. You know, you just saw a 15-year-old kid. That's yeah. awful. 16-year-old kid and we're like, yeah, screw this kid. No. Uh, wow. That. Yeah. And a $100 mic. Yeah. Not that, even, I love not that you even, still have it, yeah. though. It Just to remind all, you. But, yeah, it's a, I'm never throwing it away. That is a, I'm never Reminder. throwing it away. I want to be buried with this fucking piece of shit. You should wear it as a necklace. <laughs> but I am. I'm going to make a necklace out of it. I'll make this the clock hand. That'll be my clock hand on my right. fucking... Yes, hand. it will. Just carry it like, around with you and do the mic drop every time. Just every time I say something? I every time. Me, I should hand me the pizza. <laughs> I said no fucking pepperoni. <laughs> you should just carry that just, just keep it in your pocket. I'm just going to say this. I say if you shitty. do that to me one day, if you come to my house and you just wait all day long, all day long, and oh, then you, know you just, will. oh my God, I will pee my pants. Right. You'll be my favorite person on the planet. You are my favorite person. Just like when you stole the trophy. Mic oh, drop. That was so fun. Oh, my, you're going to mic drop everything. Yeah. She has a she does she has a um a, a get together every year a big party yeah. yeah a big party at her house and there's like a a, a, a cornhole tournament cornhole we tournament. make the brackets it's just fun it's all big just cornhole tournament my brother brings Hilarious. crazy little um yeah. get uh parting gifts and stuff just a fun day somebody made up a trophy one my day brother. Made, my brother made my the trophy, made the had, trophy. The little, had the little uh, had like little the cornhole bags on it, little yeah. cornhole bags on it and all this shit on the turn on the and my wife and i went and played and we came in second and so and it was the first time they'd come to the party it was the first time we'd, we'd ever I, I don't think it was i think it was the first time i'd ever gone over your house maybe yeah um and i was like I'm gonna fucking steal it. He totally did. Taking this fucking trophy. Nobody saw him. I'm taking this trophy. I told my wife, I fucking stuck it in my jacket. We gotta go. See you guys later. And then. (laughs) A week later? You know, three, four days. Well, let me say that after you left, the people who were having the trophy that won first place were like, where's the trophy? Like, so we were literally looking everywhere for the trophy. And it was dark out at this point. So I'm like, I'll probably find it in the morning. Don't worry about it. I'll find it in the morning. And then we just left it alone. Probably a week later, a couple days, whatever it was, I get a ransom video. So I send her, I miss, so I made a video. I put on a, I had, I had one of those, uh, a, one of those scarfs that's like a, another face on skull the scarf, face like a something. skull face or something on the scarf. I tied this scarf around my face and I had a fucking Ugh. hat on and glasses and I that's held so the fucking man. thing. I had another, I had another trophy. A gun. I had another trophy. Yeah, I had a gun. <laughs> I had another trophy from some other, from like a, from like a jujitsu tournament or something yep. from years ago and I fucking tried, tried to break it. I, I wasn't strong enough to, but it was just, it was just this whole video of I was holding the thing for ransom. Holding and, it hostage. Yeah. If I wanted it back. Do you have that video? You should post that. Uh, I have it somewhere. You should post that on the podcast. I don't know where it is. So people can see it. It's hysterical. Or at least a picture. We, no, you gotta see the video. <laughs> 
and I was like, I was looking at who it was. He changed his voice and everything. I could tell by his eyes. He didn't have his glasses on. <laughs> yeah, I could tell by just, his eyes. Like That's all you could see. All you could see. Uh, oh, the, you know, I had the face mask on and the hat on. And so great. <laughs> the antics. The antics. Ugh. <laughs> So tell me what you're doing now. What's going on? Where are you playing? I'm not gigging a whole lot right now. Um, I've been doing a lot of recording, which I that's great. I didn't really know how to do. Oh, you yourself personally? Years. Yeah. Yes. So over the last, you're doing oh, it at your house. Oh yeah, nice. Get a little home studio now. Nice. Actually, um, last year did a bunch of um, music for. The New Hampshire Ad Council. Oh, really? Yeah, and they put it uh, a bunch of music that I had oh, put together great. to video. They, they were doing this whole uh, ad campaign of Live Free. I don't. You've probably seen them on TV. No, no, Live no, Free, sure. whatever. Huh. Most of it, but so you, wouldn't you, hear my, you wouldn't hear specific? my. You wouldn't hear my voice. It's all. You know, oh, it's all just instrumental, instrumental type yep. stuff. Yeah. But like, the, I'd get the video. Um, some of the video was done by um, great uh, ghost productions. Um, Carter Davison, he would put together these montages or things, you know, and then gave me an opportunity to kind of check it out and then even custom make these tracks to fit, you know. Yeah. Like there's one little maple syrup one there. They they did they were trying to do a theme like you know, one for surfing, one for mm-hmm. um, maple syrup, skiing, hiking, you know all the different for New Hampshire for all the different and things. Campaign surfing to- in New Hampshire. Yeah, there are no, some- they do it right. Yeah, they are. Right. They surf and ride all the time. Is that a big draw for like yeah. come to New Hampshire and <laughs> surf, fucker? <laughs> surf <Yeah>. up, <laughs> fuck Maui. <Yeah. laughs> You, 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 you could go to Hawaii yeah. if you wanted to. Well, I don't know babies. if that one actually what do you, what do you want to go all the way to Hawaii for? <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have like 15 miles of beach. Yeah. Surf our waters that are 50 degrees. Why would you want to go to Maui? <laughs> oh, bring your, funny. Bring your wetsuit. Now I want to see him now. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that one actually aired. But, um, uh, do you think they're on YouTube maybe? Yeah, you can go to the, the actual site. Oh, okay. Um, the, okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to go and check that yeah. out. Just like an ad campaign to get people to come to New Hampshire kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, like How'd the you get that of, gig? It was through Carter. Through oh. the Yeah. Because he's made a bunch of um, kind of outdoor gaming, mostly fishing. They're big on fly fishing and everything. Mm-hmm. So he's done movies, uh, shorts. Mm. Okay. Thing, uh, DVDs that they've released yeah. every year, and <clears throat> that was kind of our introduction. And then as the work came up, now it was good for me because it's really like cool. I, said, I, I for years I was hanging over someone's sh- shoulder in a studio trying to describe, you know, what I want. Right, well, right. You can hear it in your head, but uh, it's tough to convey, that, right? You know, that's uh, that can be frustrating. So just kind of getting. I mean, the gear alone, yeah, yeah, can get. Well, I just crazy. bought this thing. Which can supposedly can be used as a controller, mm-hmm. a zoom for like for whatever. I tried it, but the latency's not the latency's junk. Oh yeah, yeah. The latency's junk. The so the songs here dunk dunk right. dunk dunk, and you're playing like a, a few milliseconds behind the yeah, beat yeah, when yeah. you when you play it back. It's like right. I mean, you can just pick it all up and yeah, you know. 
Well, basically in the software, yeah. but it's like, what, what, right? Why would I? That's so where this, I, is, this is more of a thing for just like for this, right? For using it for a podcasting, this is a perfect little sure. unit. This little Zoom. Well, what do you thing. have? You using? Like a I'm using laptop a, I started with the Pro Tools set, right? And um, and that was like kind of my goal was I get something I knew that was being used in the industry. Now I'm using Pro Tools 10 with a, a, a you know a decent interface and with finally got. A nice pair of speakers, so it's like that was. Oh, nice. You know, nowadays you can you can make a whole lot with make records. People yeah, make, records make records in their records bedrooms. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's so, good sounding ones too. Yeah, if you know I what you're doing. Like that, I don't really know that much about it, but I feel like that's what I'm going to try and do for my next one because we spent a lot of money on my mm-hmm, last record. Yeah. It was. Oh, and, it's crazy. Yeah, but it's great. It's Nick. Absorbent money that gets put down when when you think about what. What it really takes. Right, if you do the investment and it's yours and you take the time to learn the programs, you have yeah. it forever. I'm at, I feel like I'm at a point where I've, I've put a lot of stuff together where I wouldn't necessarily release it right mm-hmm. now. I would like to kind of, since it's not new, but it's uh, new territory for me, mm-hmm. that I would like to bring it into some, some friend's studios where I know, you know, and then kind of... But at least now I've taken it across right. a certain point where before yeah. that preliminary tracking and all that. Yeah. You know, well, stuff. that's that's what I think I would do. I think I would just track it and then I'd bring it somewhere to mix it. Oh, I'd bring it somewhere, yeah. somewhere, somebody I trust right. to mix it and I'd hover. You know. Right. Because I sit there now and then I can – I'm not hearing the – the tick-tock of the studio hours going by while I'm trying to get my exactly. phone together. You mean the cha-ching, cha-ching of the studio of the clock? Right. So, uh, you know, even if I don't nab it that day, uh, I have it all set up. I, and, uh, you know, so yeah. it's all on my time now. And <clears throat> I've been enjoying that. That's, that's where, you know. Yeah, can, uh, when we were younger, imagine if we had these things, you know. It's funny. I, I teach at Berkeley, and all these kids have all this. Oh, they Even just GarageBand, they're so great with it, and they right. create all these things. And I'm like, wow, can you imagine if we had that? When we yeah, were kids? yeah. I did have a little four-track, but I was in my 20s by the time that happened. Right. You oh, know? I know. And their use, I mean, they, they've got such a handle of the technology. Oh, my so. God, it's crazy. It makes you more, I think it, the more you get to learn it and the more you delve into it, it makes you more creative. Like you just said, it's kind of, you're, the stuff you have is a little different. Than yeah. what you're normally doing, it allows you to become oh, I, to open right. these other I'm doors. Producing stuff now right. that I right before it was right. You're opening other doors for yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's great. That's making those creative juices flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a company out of uh, um, Boston, Isotope. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with them? No, I'm not. They make a, a bunch of different plugins. Then, uh, like, I don't know if they have a some uh, brake tweaker. Um, there's these different names for them, but they're like, what is that one type do, of th- tweaker, um, you that? can just take sounds and manipulate them. And it's like, when, what it reminds me of is like the, in those transformer movies where you hear all this, you know, the, mm-hmm. oh, when the shit. metal is, you know, bending and the, all oh, that just the sound crazy oh, stuttering effects and th- like, and they just make it so accessible. And it's like, so I picked up a couple of these and it's like, whoa. You know now and they're plugins for Pro Tools, <laughs> but it made you yeah, it yeah, made yeah. you think differently about what you were doing, didn't yeah, it? Putting together all sorts of so cool. things that I wouldn't have 
yeah, even right. thought of. So that's great that you're still being creative in that sense and learning something new at the same time. Sometimes as we get older as musicians, we stay stuck in that right. same thing over and over oh, and over yeah. again because we're comfortable, right? Well, we're comfortable was, inside it. That's exactly what it was, and I, and I just kind of wanted to get out of that where I was at the mindset that I was going down and what I've been doing is just kind of making a, a sound library, okay. you know, and like, I, you know, putting beats together, putting these things together and not necessarily having, okay, now I know specifically where this is going, right. but I, I've got, you know, I'll leave it alone. And like a month later, I'm like, Oh, I was looking for a certain thing. And I'll and you dial that back up. It's like, oh, there it is. Nice. That's and that's great. how kind of some of the things for the ad council came up. Was right, right. I had been putting together these instrumental things. I don't really know what I'm going to do with them. And then it was like, oh, here they are. Hey, man, even if you do nothing with them, they were just a little creative flow that you got out of you. Yep. That's worth it. Right. It's it so worth something it. something else spawning. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you go back and listen to them, sometimes you do nothing with them, but it 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 spawns something else. Oh, I love going back because I forget all the stuff that I had yeah. and you know, where I was you know, where my head was at right. at that moment. I was like, Oh man, I forgot all the layering you know, because I've been multi-layering and, on top of these things, so they become these. And you, can you find? Can you like find your mood in that moment? Sometimes you haven't been able to do that. You go back and look at it and go, "Oh my god, I must have been in a sure. really weird mood that day." Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and you didn't even know it well, at the time. I I like I love going to flea markets, and that's my other like addiction. And and I came across the old reel to reel. So I, I just started going nuts with that where I was just, you know, playing things backwards and then dumping that stuff. All and, yeah. or, you know, low speed on, you know, they just transform. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So now I you know, put in a little category. It's fun. That's great. Yeah. That's I'm awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping to do with this spot, you know, with this space. I'm hoping to get, get stuff set up to where. My guys can come over and we can yeah. work on shit and not have to, that exact thing, not have to worry about, you know, if we get something great, then great. And if we don't, so what? Mm-hmm. At least we weren't paying for something that wasn't great. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> At least we didn't just drop $400 to, to work all day for something that was like, eh. That you didn't use. Well, that's That you right. don't end up right. using, right? And I can really relate to that because years ago, that's exactly what it was. It was like... We'd go in there, and whatever we walked out with, we were like, okay, out with. we're going to make it work somehow, <laughs> right. even right. if we weren't, you know, totally crazy about it. it you know, I was like, well. Now, I have three studio records that I've never done anything with that I just and I was like, mm. I think I have two of them. Mm. It wasn't just, doing it. Just things that I was yeah. like, eh, I don't want to. Yeah. I, don't I know that's the beauty of, that. it's the beauty of it nowadays to yeah. be able to set this whole room up and get yourself set up. You could, so you can record whatever you're creating. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. so that one rehearsal brings you, you think nothing. And then three months down the road, you go back and listen to it. And one riff is in something that makes you guys write a whole different song. Yeah. It's so worth it. Yep. It makes the experience even better too. Yeah. You know, I think so. no pressure, no clock ticking, no money behind it. I yeah. mean, you have to invest in the stuff, but yeah. it's yours. Yeah. It's yours to create with. It's cool. When are we going to do that here? Let's do it. Let's do it. Peter and I have been talking for years now about, uh, so we, so, so Peter came to me a, a while back, probably, f- I don't know, four years ago, talking about doing like a duo thing. And I, ha- and I, which I'm totally into doing. I have this, I this, I have this concept, this idea of the two of us doing like a, 
like a Sam and Dave thing cool. with a fucking with a four piece horn section yeah. and just two front men. There's no nobody's doing that right now. Right. Nobody's doing that. Mm-hmm. Wet, front shitty men. wedding bands are doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's who's doing it. They're doing. They have a couple front people because they need to. Somebody has to do Sinatra. Somebody has to do Boogie Again. Only eighties you know? Billy Joel. <laughs> right. Only eighties Billy Joel. That's great. <laughs> so. Uh, but I can see a really cool oh, thing. I know, man. We've been hey, think about that. You just made me think about that. That when is the last time there was a band with two guy singers? Vanilla like, Vanilla. 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 Right? Vanilla. That was it. That was it, right? <laughs> and we don't know if they were actually singing. Either. No, but that they was weren't. it. That was a long time ago. Like that's not a thing anymore. Well, it was a very common thing back then. Very the common. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a good idea, Nick. There's a, there was another band we'll called Mac and uh, Mac and Mac and Mac and Moore Mac and. Uh, I can't remember them, but that was, it was Chess's answer to, uh, Sam, to and Dave. Sam and Dave. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was, it was Chess, Chess put out there this. There is no answer. Right. Ma- well, it was there as there much as they no, could. Right. But, <laughs> and they were great. Mac and, Mac and someone. Well, I, less Mackie. I always love that right. story that, that the two of them, Sam and Dave both, you know, they had their own solo careers yeah. for years. And it wasn't until they got together. I know, that great, the right? Thing exploded. Might be our thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a thing. great idea. Might be our thing, Peter. The Prince. birth of uh-huh. it right here on the podcast. There's the a birth whole, of it. there's this whole neo soul thing that's happening right now. Oh yeah, that whole neo soul sure. thing that's really starting to take off. Mm-hmm. I'll be the girl backup get singer. On that motherfucker. Let's do it. I get a girl backup she's, singer. She's she's got a fucking voice, man. Awesome. He's day. got a fucking voice. Can't wait. I want to hear it. Sam and Dave, to be true, huh? couldn't be happier. This is the, after the first hey, time. I'm sorry. This is how. This is how I. This is how I. The New Year's Peter. Eve gig right there. That's the New Year's Eve gig we talked it. about. That can be it. We want to put a big New Year's Eve gig on. We've been there. talking. Right we've there. been talking about this for several years too. Yep. We uh, said it was going to be it. this New Year's Eve though. We said it last New Year's Eve. We said okay, next New Year's Eve yep. we're putting something together with time. Yep. That we can do a big show on New Year's Eve. Have fun. Let's do it. There you it got is a New right Year's there. Eve gig yet? No. You do now. All right. We're gonna fucking we're, we're gonna figure this shit out. We're gonna figure it we're out. We're gonna sort this shit out. Hey mom, I got a gig. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting the band back together. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so what were you we're saying? I interrupted you. Oh, You're I was saying the the how I described Peter that when I when I was because I was talking about him for fucking months and months, and I uh, uh, outer space action is. St- Still in my top ten favorite records of all time. Believe it or not, dude, it sounds like a bullshit thing to say, but I'm telling you right now, if I was, if that's one of those deserted island things. If I was on a deserted island, that'd that's be one. Of my, that'd be one of my ten that's records. Very kind of you know, you, it's Thank it's you. such a cool record, man. It's such a cool record, and I, I I'm gonna take. Uh, 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 I tell you that we how green we were when we did that album and. Uh, we didn't know anything about mastering, so we just ran. We ran right out of the studio and pressed it. Yeah, it's not a great. It's not, it's not mastered. A great, it's not. No, it's it wasn't not a great recording. Mastered the first it's pressing not, of it's it. It's not the, the recording of it's not. It's not a great recording, but the performances and the songs are fucking amazing. There you go. So that transcends all of it. Right. You know, when you put it next to live down deep, which was mixed and mastered properly, it's a totally different. Well, you know, know that that the story behind that one was uh, we had befriended uh, Dave Swanson, who was the uh, monitor guy for Blues Traveler, and oh, it right. was that was around the time that they were taking around a mobile 
truck yeah, yeah. unit Mobile with units, them yeah. and, and nabbing a lot of their live shows because they were going to release a live thing. And Dave, you know, made it happen that on one of their off nights that he would get a hold of the truck and he pulled it right into the back of Bogey's, the club in Albany, and oh, set all the lines and set up everything in the, in club. the back room, the green room, set up the board and everything, and we no nabbed shit. it all, all one night. Wow. 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 That's a fucking great record, too. Thank you. Howie Greenberg, that, then finally we got, we went and got a real mat, that was the first mastering session that we, uh, sat in on. Yeah. It was, uh, Howie's, uh, work down New York. That's oh, cool. Right. How many records do you have out? Well, let's see this. Outer Space, Action, Live Down Deep, Catskill, Martian Dogs. Uh, There's a theme here. What was after that? Back on Earth, and, uh, which and was done with... Um, Peter Prince and Friends. That, then it was uh, my solo Oh, just Peter acoustic. Prince. Right, the solo acoustic. And then um, ba- uh, after all this time, and you Which was basically the trauma, trauma unit, yeah, yeah. Johnny Trauma unit, and um, I just saw him last week. Dizzy Maker, so what's that? Dizzy stuff? Maker, that's Seven. the latest one, right? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Can you get these online or yeah? Where can you get them? PeterPrinceMusic.com. dot mm-hmm. They're all up there, and there's merchandise and PeterPrinceMusic.com. dot com. Cool. But I've been, like now that I've been recording, I have I'm sitting at about two albums worth of, of music, and I, what I yeah, I'd like, like I said, I'd like to get it out of my basement yeah. and and put it some, through a real board, you yeah, know, because yeah. I think I've landed a lot of good stuff on it. It's just, you know, I, I've been, not, I've it, been with, doing it, I've been with it by myself for yeah. so long that I don't really, you know, I don't know what's what yeah. now. Right. And I'd yeah, love yeah. to just get it out <laughs> and then. And yeah, I know that. Sort that all out. That, yeah. that I know will be honest with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that tornado of like, you, you've listened to it so much, you don't know what's good and what's not anymore. It's like, all right, I, I need to get somebody else to put an ear on this. I feel, what I really feel good about is I really labored over the writing. The early days, of course, were like a lot of more of the dance, you know, like, Get up, get up, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. But this was kind of like. Mature. Right. My writing, <laughs> I thought, matured, has right? gotten a lot better. And um, and I think I've nabbed a bunch of it. That's you know? great. So, And is that with uh, with Tom Tom and Reed? No, or, this is all I've been doing. Like, I've been just yourself. Play, I've had a, f- a few drummers come in. Reed is, Reed Diefenbach has come and played. He was my current ba- uh, drummer yeah. now. But my old dearest friend Mike Migliozzi, who was also played with the that, that's who was playing with you when you were trying. You were asking me to come by and do some do some recording stuff. Yeah, he was yeah. he was yes. he was he was coming by during the day. Right, right. Yeah, there was like he a comes over. The, he's yeah, been yeah. over the house, so we were just. I just set him up, and I have the, the you know the a kit set up right next to my board. So we're just, I'm sitting at the board, he's right there, and I just you know we're just running takes. So we nabbed a bunch of the drums that way and then i've been playing a lot of the bass um i have been you know i'd like to get some bass players mm-hmm. down there but basically been lacing things up with what i have there that's great and i sounds like you just need to take the step forward right it, it's time to yeah. probably get it out of the basement for for sure and i and i'm i need a new recording i'm you know 
my last one was a while ago, so. In the same spot. But I don't have anything in the can. <laughs> I mean, I have, whatever. Well, I don't have anything can... with my, with my band now in the can. Yeah. But I gotta... Well, you know, we can, I'd love to have you over and we could, you know, at least start sussing some of that yeah. out. Yeah. You know? We're going to do it. Let's do it. I would love to. Suss it out. This year. Suss it out. We are. Do the New Year's show. We're going to get our goddamn (laughs) suss on. New Year's show. I'm in with the New Year's show. Baby New Year, right. You got to start planning now. (laughs) This is what we never do. Give birth to 2017. (laughs) 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 This is what Uh, we never do. We don't plan far enough ahead. We start thinking about it in October and November and we're screwed. So you got to think about it now for New Year's Eve. That's it. All right. That's it. All right, we're gonna do it. Here it is. We're gonna we're gonna when we're done with the podcast, we're gonna pick a day. We are done with the podcast. Next two weeks, within the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna come over, and we're just gonna figure it out. Hell yeah, dig it. All right, you heard it here. I'm so goddamn excited. You heard it here. You heard it here. All right. All right. Cool. Well, this has been awesome, man. Yeah, it's thank been great. You, thank Nick, you for coming over Lisa, and doing this, Nick, Lisa. Thank you so thank much. You. It's been great right. talking to you. I feel Likewise. like we barely scratched the surface. We're going to have you come back and do, do this it again. again. Will you come do it again? I'd love to. All right. Yeah. Anytime. Maybe you and Nick could perform something. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. When we get it figured out. That's if right. we get something together. That's right. We'll do it next time. We'll get... We're going to put a little... Uh, I'm going to put a little something at the end of this. Uh, do you have a Do you have a preference of what you would like uh, for our listeners I, to hear? I haven't. I didn't really pick anything out. I could let you... T- I'm going to leave you with some tests, and then you can... Put what you want on. You're a big fan, Ooh. so I think you'll put the right, right things yeah. on. Put, put what you it's like. in good hands. Nick's right. mix. Nick's mix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the next thing you hear right now is going to be Peter Prince. Thank you for listening to the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast, and we will see you next time. Over and out.
The Ridiculous Nicholas podcast is brought to you by Pizza 911 of Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, their website is pizza911nh.com and their phone number is 603-625-2201. They have awesome pizza, calzones, subs, you name it, fried fare, sandwiches. Um, and they provide us with all our food on Sundays when we record the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast. So give them a call. Let them know that you heard about them on our podcast, and they will give you a free order of breadsticks. Again, it's 603-625-2201. And we are also brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. Uh, their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com. A great place to train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts, boxing, kickboxing, karate, uh, whatever it is you're looking to study. Uh, they have a great instructors over there. I've been training there for four years. Um, you can check them out at teamlinkhooksatnh.com, and you can also call them at 603-641-3444. Uh, ask for Ed Carr. Let them know you heard about them on the podcast. They will give you a free T-shirt and 30 days of free lessons.